Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Leader Dialogue, brought to you by the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. I'm Duffy Dixon. Joining me is Ben Sawyer, the Chief Executive Officer of SOAR Vision Group. Ben has more than 30 years of executive leader experience, and he launched the SOAR Vision Group to help align people with purpose and to achieve exceptional results. Sitting next to him is Lisa Council. She is the Chief Commercial Officer with SOAR with over two decades of clinical leadership and clinical informatics experience. She spent 19 years at McKesson Corporation leading large teams in clinical consulting, EHR optimization, ROI teams, direct sales and sales support. She has held leadership positions at several startup organizations focused in sales and business development. She has a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing with experience in critical care, and she has a significant experience partnering with executives to achieve successful transformation engagement outcomes. Welcome to both of you. As always, good to see you. you. Great to see you too. And a very special hello to our guest this week. This is Pam Connect. Pam is president and CEO of Accord Limited. That's a national consulting firm based in Chicago and is an expert in not-for-profit healthcare governance. For over 22 years, she has worked with hospitals, health systems, clinics, and health plans of all types and sizes. Pam has long been recognized as a thought leader in the field of governance. For instance, in 2007, she was named a governance advisor by the Governance Institute. She served as faculty for the former Center for Healthcare Governance of the American Hospital Association, and currently she is a faculty member for the Governance Institute, iProtein, and multiple state hospital associations. Pam regularly assists assists with boards and CEOs with strategic planning, corporate and governance restructuring, system affiliation and integration, change management facilitation, and governance assessment. That's development and coaching. She also shares her extensive experience in governance frequently as a speaker and an author. Welcome, Pam. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. So, Ben, let's have you kick it off. Yep, that sounds good. So, Pam, delighted that you could join us today. And for the listeners, um, Pam and I and Roger Spoolman, who listeners heard on a previous radio show, will be co-facilitating an upcoming Leader Dialogue event on June 6th and 7th here in Atlanta. Uh, it is for nonprofit health systems to talk about how do you maximize performance excellence in the age of consumerism. So getting right to it, Pam, I'm just going to tee up a couple questions um, and get the conversation started. The first is, what what are some of the greatest challenges facing nonprofit health system boards in today's age of consumerism? Ben, I think that one of the greatest challenges facing boards is just plain understanding the current healthcare environment. Um, of course, it is a challenge for all of us who are in healthcare sometimes right. to understand what's going on, um, but especially board members who may not be in healthcare. Um, having an opportunity to figure out, well, what are the trends and what might be the challenges and opportunities for our hospital or health system given those trends. Right. That makes perfect sense. So in, just as a corollary to that question, when you're working with nonprofit boards, what percentage typically of a board may have healthcare exposure or background and what percent really are coming 
at it without that experience? Well, Ben, I think it might be about 30% that would have healthcare experience. And one reason I'm saying that is most hospital and health system boards do have an average of two clinicians, physicians serving on them, according to data from the Governance Institute and from the American Hospital Association. And then there's usually another one or two individuals who might have some healthcare experience. Um, you know, as an executive within the healthcare environment, or perhaps even with a healthcare insurer. So, in general, you know, the, the large majority of boards of not-for-profit hospitals and health systems are made up of people who are not in their day jobs looking at healthcare issues. Right. So that, with a fast-changing pace in healthcare, that it can present its own challenge, right? Absolutely. Yep, hard enough to understand the basics, not to mention keeping up with the changes that are occurring. And of course, right now, we have a transformation occurring within healthcare where we're trying to move from an environment of uh, getting reimbursed based on volume to getting reimbursed based on value. And that whole concept is even still relatively new to the people who've been serving on hospital and health system boards for 10 years or so. Right. And we've talked about that struggle with all sorts of healthcare systems. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. it really is a big shift that everyone's still navigating right? right right they're living in two worlds as it exists today yep exactly so right. given that backdrop um the boards are primarily responsible for governance and 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 you know their support management um but what are kind of three key steps uh that boards should take to ensure that governance and management are actually well aligned uh, to take on these challenges that we're talking about well, Ben, I want to go ahead and link what you said back to some additional challenges before I talk about steps that boards should take to address those challenges. Yep. Because interestingly enough, the second major challenge after just plain understanding the healthcare environment, I think, for boards is to determine how to appropriately engage with management to develop strategy to address those challenges and opportunities. And then a uh, third challenge is then ultimately figuring out how to make sure your governance structure and practices are aligned with and supportive of the strategic plan and governance best practices. So I wanted to get those two thoughts out there before I then move to talking about the, the specific steps that boards ought to talk to take to address those challenges. Right, that's great. Um, so did you want to ask any further questions around those two additional challenges before I dive into the what should you do about them question? Let's let's go with that one that you said. First, boards have to figure out how to appropriately work with, I mean, so, engage so management. engage management. So how, how, how tough is that? Is that, is that a something that takes a little skill and work? Yes, it takes both skill and work and knowledge. Um, and I think on two levels. One is most boards are challenged with trying to figure out how to stay at the governance level instead of down in the operational level. Right. And that's because most people serving on boards of hospitals and health systems and clinics have not served on boards of such large and complex organizations before. So they may have served on the board of, say, a local social service agency or a church or something. but. Those are very different types of organizations than uh, complex healthcare systems. And so the role of the board usually is more elevated in a more sophisticated organization than a lot of people are used to. And so um, what can happen is, uh, getting back to the, your, your interesting catch on my word appropriate, is 
sometimes board members think that they ought to engage with the, the senior leadership in creating strategy by rolling up their sleeves and figuring out, you know, where should we put the billboards for right. the <laughs> new service that we're going to introduce? That new building that, that we've spent all the money on. <laughs> yeah, right, those new billboards. Uh, but unfortunately, um, most times that is not a strategic level issue and it's not a governance level issue. Gotcha. And so the first part, I'm sort of weaving here answers to your question, Ben. So I think one of the things that needs to happen is a, a board needs to get a regular reminder around what is the distinction between governance and management and just help them understand, you know, what's in the governance realm versus what's operational and then figure out how to apply that to the whole strategic planning development process. Um, so let me pause for a sec before I dive into talking about the strategic planning process and see if anyone had any additional questions around the governance management distinction. No, that actually makes sense. So go ahead. This is fascinating. <laughs> okay. Well, and one reason that this is so top of mind is I literally spent yesterday working with a board to try to help them determine what their role ought to be in terms of overseeing strategy. And so um, they they're they're well intended. They've gotten some initial education around healthcare trends, and um, some initial education around the governance management distinction. But they're trying to figure out how to partner appropriately with management, um, and that's a little tricky because sometimes management has different opinions about how involved the board should be okay. in helping to develop strategy. You know, some uh, CEOs want to take an approach that is a little more common usually in the for-profit world, which is that the management team um, creates all of the data to try to figure out what's going on in the external and internal environments, and then the management team develops what they think are the critical issues, and the management team develops some initial strategies and brings them all to the board. That would be pretty typical uh, you know, in a corporate environment uh, for a for-profit organization. On the other hand, um, in the not-for-profit world, what often happens is that boards expect to be involved sooner in that process. Mm. So for instance, they may want to be involved in a retreat where they're just hearing about the data regarding what kinds of environmental issues need to be addressed, and they may want to be involved in a retreat that where they help to determine what are the critical issues facing our organization and what might be some possible strategies. So you can see how there can be a little bit of tension sometimes between right. boards and CEOs around what the board's role ought to be in, in developing the strategy. Yeah, that that makes good sense. I, I, I can see how there would be a tension based upon lack of clarity sometimes of roles and how they can most effectively intersect. That's fascinating. So for the listeners, Pam, I'm just going to kind of bring them along with us a little bit here. So um, we are on the Leader Dialogue radio show where every week we talk with leaders like yourself and, and organizational leaders about how to be able to maximize their performance excellence. And there is a, uh, a website, leaderdialogue.com. Dialogue is D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E. And on this site, there is an organizational hierarchy of needs that is essentially a visual representation of the Baldridge. So as we are talking through these things, listeners, you can follow along and sort of connect the dots. Right now, we're at the top of the organizational hierarchy of needs where we're talking about how does an organization, through governance with the board and management, align people with purpose to achieve exceptional results. And 
the challenge, which we're going to get into next, is uh, age of consumerism pace and challenges that that make it difficult for organizations to do that. And then if listeners, if you're following the rest of the organizational hierarchy of needs, you'll see at the bottom kind of foundationally is colleague engagement, which means that people on the front line need to understand how what these decisions that are being made by boards and management impact them so they can uh, participate effectively. And and how their role plays back into what their bosses are trying to do. Exactly. Why am I here? What is my what is my job, and why is that my job? Right, and and Pam, I'm sure you have a perspective on that. So I want to I want to ask you, what happens if if the disconnect occurs between the front line and the board and management from from your experience? Well, then you don't get an opportunity to implement the strategic plan that you've developed based on what you think the opportunities and challenges are in the external environment. Um, and that obviously is a, a terrible waste of time and expertise. Um, so I do think to, to sort of link a couple of things you're talking about together, the board needs to help the upper management to set the strategic direction, and then the board needs to make sure that management is creating opportunities for the front line to understand what their role is in helping to implement that strategy. Um, yeah. Hopefully that helps answer your question. No, it does. And, and what's interesting, and we've talked about this on previous radio shows, the research uh, demonstrates that only about 5% of employees on average understand how what they do connects to the strategy. That's crazy. S- I know. So it's a pretty big gap. And, yes. And even though it's, in, it's as my physics professor used to say, it's intuitively obvious to the most casual observer, uh, after you would do a formula, <laughs> that that you know, that connection should occur. In fact, it's a challenge within organizations. So um, so another thing for uh, listeners, and I want to dive into this, is just the change in expectations in terms of the age of consumerism. Um, so I wanted to open that up for conversations. Pam, if you want to weigh in first, um, as, as the pace of change, the visualization, customer demands, digital, uh, uh, transactions, uh, increased comp- competitors from outside the traditional healthcare industry like Amazon and and Apple and, you know, so forth, get into the space. What what kind of pressures and or changes are, are being applied to boards and management thinking in that regard? Well, it is a large ask of boards, as we talked about earlier, uh, for them to just plain understand the healthcare environment at a basic level, and I think it's an even more um, difficult challenge to help board members understand how the disruption that's occurring in healthcare, which is the phrase that tends to be used in the conferences that I've been attending recently, right. um, you buy Amazon, et cetera, how that is going to change the environment and what role, if any, board members should play. And so I guess I'll, I'll harken back to Um, something we've talked about earlier, which is I think it's critical that boards get really well oriented and get continuing education on a regular basis so that they, first of all, even know what, you know, that the age of consumerism is here. And then for management to help the board understand, well, what should their role be in this discussion? For instance, um, 
I don't think that people should spend time in board meetings telling stories about how their uncle just came in and didn't get good service. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not an appropriate role for a board member. Instead, the board needs to be thinking very elevated macro level around how do we make sure that we understand that management understands what consumers need, you know, what it is that those who are utilizing our healthcare services need and want. Um, and it, that's hard. It's hard to provide that oversight role to management and say and try to figure out how to help management tell the board, well, this is what we're doing to help um, the whole organization understand the consumer's needs. And then um, it, it's, a, it's an ongoing iterative conversation, I think, is the best way to describe what it should be. For people in the healthcare system, is this also, do you, at, at some levels, do you get pushback when you use words like age of consumerism? I mean, is it a hard thing to grasp, or is everyone sort of embracing it now? It's just a matter of how we deal with it. I think there's a lot of terms being used, like like what Pam just said, disruptive, yeah, disruption. which is, is often, I think, accurate. It's very accurate. So um, we're using age of consumerism as a larger way of describing the transition that's actually happening okay. in industry, where you're moving away from, you know, big box service. sales mm-hmm. to, to digital sales and then healthcare right. from for service to value to value and that sort of thing um but that's a that's a good question one of the things i was just going to mention to the listeners because pam was just alluding to it on the customer value which is right in the middle of the organization hierarchy of needs uh, listeners if you're if you're following along with us is this need that we've talked about before of the voice of the customer and in an age of consumerism which is much more fast-paced you can't make an assumption that you know the needs and Pam, I'm sure you see that. I don't know if you want to weigh in on that topic, but it's it's not easy understanding the changing landscape and needs of the consumers of healthcare. No, it's not easy. Um, and I would probably let you and and Lisa speak to at the front line. You know what that means. I can speak at the board level. One of the challenges that we have is that boards, unfortunately, do not reflect the communities they serve in terms of mm. diversity and perspective. Right. Uh, unfortunately, every time there's a survey that's done, we find that there's not enough diversity in terms of ethnicity or age or gender. And so I think that has a direct impact on whether or not the board can help oversee um, the management team's ability to understand the consumer. You know, if the board is not made up of people who are reflective of the community you're serving, I think there's a potential disconnect. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So so just to pick up that ball relative to the front line, the things that we are often talking to organizations about is what is their structure of determining voice of the customer needs and, and how do they look at that, right? So in previous radio shows, we've talked about the Kano model, uh, developed by Professor Kano, um, and essentially what it looks at is what are the must-haves that you have to have to just be in the market, and then what are the differentiating things that customers need to kind of for an organization to be in a leadership position, and then what's often for, for overlooked is what are the delighters? What are the things that if you do, even the market hasn't thought about it yet, and, and you can sweep the market? And Apple is the classic story of that when they first came out with the iPod and then figured out iTunes, that connection. That was a delighter that people didn't anticipate with their MP3 players. So that's a that's an example. 
Lisa, what are some of your thoughts on, on consumerism? Well, I mean, clearly for healthcare, I think that there's a pretty big disconnect because with generation, my children are, you know, in their early teen, I mean, late teens, they expect everything to be quick and fast. And why can't I do it over, you know, telehealth? And why do I have to go into a clinic? Again, I'm not sure that a board member, again, I'm assuming they're a little older and more mature they're not really in touch with kind of that just-in-time health care and just-in-time needs. So um, I do believe that health care is a little, uh, adds a little extra twist to it because, you know, we still want high quality. We still want to have great outcomes. They're all being measured by a lot of regulatory agencies. But then there, there are those kind of, our, our younger generation sees must-haves as really the delighters, mm-hmm. right? So it goes, it really goes hand in glove together. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good point. So um, you talked about, Pam, board education and just trying to keep up to speed on this so that they can basically help to set strategic uh, direction. So in a high-performing board and management interaction, what does that look like? You mean specifically the education? What does that look like? What does it look like once the education needs have been met? In other words, there's a, there's a, a reasonable fluency with what's going on. And there is also is a, a good understanding of governance and management. What are the characteristics, essentially, of high-performing boards with their management teams? I'm hesitating only because there's a long list of characteristics <laughs> of high-performing boards I with figured, their management yeah. teams. And I figure um, there I know might we, be a long list. We don't have all day, so yeah, yeah, yeah. let's Top me, three. Um, I, okay, I think let's, – yeah, let's choose three. One would be um, to be visionary um, based on the mission of the organization. And I think that actually links into what Lisa was just saying, um, although it may not seem so at first, because you have to, if the mission of a not-for-profit organization in healthcare is something like improve the health of the communities that we are serving, then one needs to think, really broadly about that you right. know who are we serving mm-hmm. to lisa's point in the future not just now um and and then what is the best way to provide to even help them understand how to stay healthy not to mention then how to help them when they are not healthy and so um i guess that first practice would be ensuring that you're you're visionary and um in light of the mission of the organization I think another best practice is to engage in robust dialogue with management. And so whether that's in the middle of a, you know, an educational session where you're learning about healthcare trends, such as the age of consumerism, or, or whether it's when you're actually in a board meeting and you're talking at a potential strategic initiative. Uh, for instance, let's say there's a question about whether or not we should um, replace our electronic health record would be, you know, one particular uh, possible way of getting more information about what it is that our, our current customers need or current, in this case, patients. Um, you know, the board ought to be given what I'm going to call framing questions from management. So um, management, if the board meeting agenda says we're going to talk about electronic health records, then management ought to give some pre-reading materials to the board and management ought to create some questions along with those pre-reading materials to help guide the board members thinking before the meeting and then to guide the discussions in the meeting so they stay at the governance level and at the strategic level. Right. Um, So I guess those would be two primary uh, 
best practices, you know, to, to be visionary with focus on the mission and then to engage in really robust dialogue regarding specific strategic options. Right. Right. So um, as we're working on getting some of the noise outside our, our radio Let's show, just go ahead. We, we just, a come bit. on, we just got to tell our viewers. Yeah, yeah, okay, so where, where our studio is, we are inside the lovely Sinesta Hotel and they get some big venues. This is a very large wedding with very loud guests. And so they can hear what we're doing, right? Because we broadcast into the lobby in this area. But they are coming through and they are having a good time. I'm just, we're, we're all, we're, we're jealous. All, we're all gonna we're try jealous. to crash this uh, yes. wedding right after this. But if you hear any background noise, uh, that is what it is. And they're, yeah, it's all good. They're having it's all fun, good. Yeah. so, okay, Weddings great. are celebratory. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. So um, when management, in high performance boards then, let's get back to this, uh, when management is coming in and making sure that they're framing questions, they're providing some pre-reading uh, questions to help guide the actual conversation and so forth, um, what is the benefit, the significant benefit to management, Pam, that they receive from having a well-prepared and engaged board? Like, if they don't do it, what are the implications? Mm, okay, so, so two sides of the coin there. Yeah. Um, the benefit of a, a well-educated and engaged board to management is another 11 or 13 people who can help management determine what is going on in our region and in our area and what are the issues that we really need to focus on. And to have a broader view of potential implications of various strategic options. Right. Um, and in many cases, you know, the kinds of decisions that CEOs have to make in healthcare now are very complicated. Uh, I, our firm works outside of healthcare as well as in healthcare, and I still think that the healthcare environment is the most complex industry of any industry out there. And so, um, a, a wise CEO is going to use all these other people sitting around the table in the boardroom to help him or her, you know, look at different ways of viewing things and consider different options, especially if those board members come, for instance, from, perhaps they've been CEOs of large organizations right. in the region. They may see trends that, um, that the existing CEO doesn't see. So maybe I'll just leave it at that in terms of answering your question. Yeah, because I think you're right. The implications are kind of the reverse of that. If they if they don't seek that insight, they miss really really valuable um, perspectives and insight that the board can actually provide. And tap into your board. I mean, that's I love that. You know, they're not they're not against you. They're with you, but they can all, you can also use them. Those use those board members right. and their experience. Right. So um, we are getting close to the end of our time. So what I wanted to be able to do is, is pull out a couple things that we've talked about that in next week's deep dive we're going to dive into. One of the things that you, that you were uh, talking about just now, Pam, is the complication and challenges of the healthcare system. So I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, also, um, really understanding your customer and, and um and being able to frame up and, and really understand between management and governance how um, an organization needs to be able to perform well to meet those those consumer needs. Um, other topics that came out of this that we're going to want to be able to tackle in our next week deep dive session that came out, either Pam or Lisa? A couple of 
couple of items that we haven't really addressed but maybe should in the deep dive would be how specifically might you need to change your governance structure and functioning in order to do everything we've been talking about. So for instance, um, do you need to revisit your committee structure? Do you need to think differently about the competency, skills, and perspectives that are on your board? Uh, do you need to change your meeting agendas and your materials that are provided to the board? Those are some of the very tactical items that we might want to address during the deep dive regarding the governance piece. Sounds good. Okay. I think that's great. That's something that people in all industries can learn, you know, when you're looking for a board and how to have a board run efficiently and be helpful. Thank you so much, Pam Connect, for joining us. And again, we will be talking to you again. We also want to thank everyone for joining us on Leader Dialogue, brought to you, as we mentioned, by Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Remember, you can listen to a new live show every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Visit Business Radio X, click on Gwinnett Studio, and select our show, Leader Dialogue, or better yet, go to leaderdialogue.com slash podcast. On behalf of Ben, Lisa, and our producer, Trey, I'm Duffy Dixon. Join us next time on Leader Dialogue here on Business Radio X.